I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be looking at the science of marriage. Recently I came across the Time Magazine issue, uh, I believe it was this month, mm -hmm. and I said, here Margaret, you take this. <laughs> <laughs> do your bidding, do your dirty work. Here's okay. some research. I found her something that I thought she would go, ooh. Yes, research, you're right. I and, rubbed my little hands together and said, ooh, look at this. And she sure did, and today she came back with some articles. I have some reports. All right. So let's talk about the science of marriage, Margaret. Okay. Um, this was really an excellent volume. It's a special edition of Time. And I was really, I read the whole thing, and I was really excited that they quoted all of the other folks that I'm seeing showing up as current experts mm -hmm. and so forth and so on. And some older folks who've been experts forever and some people that you've heard before. So I enjoyed it and I hope you will enjoy the pieces of it I'm going to present to you. Okay. So, so what was this article about? Okay, this article was kind of about the state of marriage in America. Mm -hmm. And it's not as bleak as you might think. Mm. Most Americans still want to get married, even yeah. millennials, even though they do it a little bit later than previous generations have done. To aid in this search, businesses have devoted billions of dollars and thousands of gigabytes to mate-seeking. Lawyers have spent countless hours arguing that people should be able to marry whomever they choose of any gender. Mm -hmm. Techies have refined recommendation engines so that people can more accurately find their perfect other half. It's interesting how the whole uh, idea of a dating app has completely changed. Completely. I mean, what, 10, 15 years ago, right. it was like embarrassing if you were on a date, maybe more than 10, 15 years yeah. now. But I remember, you know, when I was younger, nobody would do dating apps. Everybody was like, you're people on a dating make, app? You met so-and-so on a dating yeah, app? Yeah, oh, oh it was God. like, yeah. it was embarrassing to tell anybody. Right. Now, it's like, I mean, I think that it can be a, a really effective way because, you know, you go out somewhere in public, you don't know what that person's relationship no. status is, if they're no, single, if no they're, right. um, what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, you look at somebody, oh, this is your career, this is your education, mm -hmm. this is what you're looking for, these are your values, mm -hmm. and you can have at least an idea. Right. Oh, you have 19 children? Oh, yeah. okay. I, I, I'll skip it. I don't date anybody with less than 20 children. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's turned out quite well. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in addition to all those other people are the people like Ask Craig and all those other folks out there who have also... Um, participate in an industry of how do we help you with all this yeah you know sure so it's a whole new huge thing evidence keeps piling up that few things are as good for you for your life limb and liquidity for your life your health and your financial status as is staying married okay good for you on every level wow 
Couples who have made it all the way later into life have found it to be a peak experience. It's a sublime experience to be together, says Carl Pilmer, who we'll quote again, okay. um, a Cornell University gerontologist who did an intensive survey of 700 elderly couples for his book entitled 30, Live, 30 Lessons on Loving. And he goes on to say that 100% of the persons they talked with said at one point that the long marriage was the best thing in their lives. But all of them also said that either marriage is hard or that it is really, really hard. <laughs> so the message for them was really hard but worth it. Yeah. Okay. That's encouraging to hear. It, it really is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. So the state of marriage is not as dismal as you might think. Here are some of the things that we really do know that indicate that people will stay together longer. If people get married after the age of 26, now that sounds so unfair, but the truth is the large, largest number of marriage breakups are prior to age 26. How funny is that number? Because I just I said to you before we started filming this video, yep. <laughs> I said that number to you, right. and it was off the top of my head. That under 26 is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's fun. I had no idea that Margaret right. was going to say that right. in this video. Right. But I knew it because that's the number that kept popping up for me. Right. So if you're 26 or over, if mm -hmm. you have a college degree, mm -hmm. if you haven't already had children or gotten pregnant, and if you are gainfully employed, that is, have a job, your odds increase incredibly mm -hmm. on staying married. All those who have similar values and backgrounds appear to find it easier to stay together. Well, certainly you have to have something in common. Yeah. You know? Um, and if you have drastic, drastic differences in your values and the way you see the world, that can be difficult. Sure, yeah. Um, okay. Um, one of the other things that has become really clear over the last few years is that the killer of marriage is contempt. And that's, uh, we talked about we that with the that John before. Gottman video. That's right. It's John Gottman, one of the famous family therapists, yeah. he and his wife. Um, contempt, and that is, I don't even have any respect for you. Mm -hmm. Contempt, that's, that's an unusual it's thing. It's an odd that. word to use, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I've never yeah. seen that, that I've, I feel like, I don't think that's a, an issue that keeps coming up in my calls. No, um, but I'm sure it's there. Yeah. Contempt is, I will barely, barely give you the respect of answering you. Mm -hmm. I am just so truthful with you. There's some real anger there. Oh, yes. And it's sort of total lack of respect. Okay. Total lack of respect. Let's start with that definition. I mean, contempt, if you think about like contempt, it's like, yeah, I mean like contempt of court. Contempt of court. Like what do you have to do to get contempt of court? You have to be pretty outrageous. Yeah. Um, and really not go along with a cherished institution, something that most people respect. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I just think about contempt as like something that's really just really eating awful. at you. Yes. Like really anger. Awful. And you don't want you. it inside you, I can tell you that. No, it doesn't sound good to me. No. Uh -uh. Like we said, it's Dr. Gottman. By contempt, we mean more than making derogatory remarks about a person's desirability or earning power. It's also communicated by constant interruption, 
dismissal of their concerns or withdrawal from conversation. I don't even have time to talk to you. Mm -hmm. right? Contempt sets off a lethal cascade of other emotions. It kills vulnerability. That, and that's really the ability to be o totally open with your partner. Mm -hmm. Okay, If someone's contempt contemptuous of you and the way you do things and who you are, you're not going to be able to be open with them. Mm -hmm. So that would be the end of your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is a prerequisite for intimacy. Okay, yeah. You have to be willing to let this person know you as you are. Okay, And it's very difficult to do that when you're anxious. Yes, it is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without intimacy, commitment is unbearable. And without commitment, the whole thing falls apart. Yep. Okay? So don't get married till you're 26 and have a job. Mm -hmm. Okay? All right. So how do we go about preventing marriages collapsing? Gary Chapman, another friend of ours. Yeah. He's the country's most famous, successful marriage therapist. Mm -hmm. um, he did the five love languages that we've talked about a couple of times, so I'll repeat it just yep. briefly here. Um, he has been on the New York Times bestseller list for almost 10 years, which I guess is absolutely unheard of. Mm. I need to dethrone him one day. Yes, you do. That's <laughs> right. And of course you'll be able to do it. Um, no but the five love languages, if you, if you may remember, are some people respond what makes your partner feel loved is the real question. So what makes you feel loved? If your partner says kind words to you, mm -hmm. spends time with you, does kindly acts for you, cleans up after you in the kitchen, you know, puts your shoes away. All those little things we can do for each other. Yeah. Sex is a good one. And gifts. Okay. And we cover them in a couple different videos. Yes, we do. So if you uh, want to go back and review sure, you can. Uh, the love language and just search Craig Kenneth love language. I, yeah. I know I do to at least two videos. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we've done several. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, and, and good for this time article to be looking at him and John Gottman. Yeah. Great job. Both are, are very good. Yeah, very good people. His first piece of advice is learn to find what makes your partner feel loved. I had a couple that used to come and sit in front of me and fight like the dickens with each other. And the guy would be saying, but I cut the lawn, I trimmed the hedge, I washed the garage floor, I cleaned it up like you said I should. Mm -hmm. How come you don't feel loved? Yeah. And she'd say, how come you never talked to me? <laughs> I mean, it was very clear where we were with that and they thought it was funny in the, in the long run. But you can miss each other, you know, if you don't understand what the other one is doing. Yeah. Um, so that's advice number one. Find out what makes your partner feel loved. The other thing is you need to learn to apologize and forgive. Okay? If you hold grudges, um, you know, it'll take forever. I used to work with a marriage therapist once who used to say, his rule was always you had to keep your complaints within this decade. Mm -hmm. Right? So you have to look at, let go of things at some point. Yeah. All right? Um, disagreements are inevitable and really healthy. Um, the question is to learn to handle them in a way that isn't destructive and doesn't breed further resentment. Yeah, being respectful. Yeah. And that's hard to do when you're anxious too. It's, oh, when you're anxious or when you're angry. Yeah. It's not easy at all. So you got to be a grown-up, which always has pros and cons to it. It's hard to be a grown-up. However, you do better in the world when you behave like one. Yeah. But nobody ever said it was easy. No, it's not easy yeah. because sometimes that means 
you have to put the needs of the relationship or your partner first. Yep. Now, you, obviously, you can't do that all the time. There has to be a healthy balance. Right. But sometimes the needs of the relationship have to, you know, go before the needs right. of the individual. And who of us ever enjoys saying, you were right and I was wrong? Uh, <laughs> right? Admitting you're wrong is a very difficult thing yes, to do. Yes, it is. Um, and a very mature thing to do. Thankfully, Margaret is never wrong, so she doesn't have to do it. I've never had to worry about it, nor have you. Nor have you. And I don't know what we'd do if we disagreed with each other. Right? We'd have to go find directions somewhere else, you know. But it's not easy. Um, you were right and I was wrong. Mm, not easy. Yeah. It's hard to admit when you've made a mistake. Yeah. It really is. I have been known to say you were right again, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Uh, no, I never have to admit that. You never have to admit that. You're wrong, of course, because you never are. Never. But if you can, it's huge. Think about it. You know, think about somebody coming to you and saying, you know, when we disagreed about X, Y, and Z, you were right. Yeah. And usually when you can do that, the other person, they don't say, I told you so. No. Sometimes they might. Not, not often. But usually they feel like validated. Yeah. Like, well, you actually yep. do understand why that bothered me or that upset me. Yep. And that gets you extra points quickly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very important to do yep. that. And the love languages, too. I've seen people so miss that. Um, you know, I cleaned up the garage just for you, honey. I really didn't care, but had I known you did it for me, I might have responded better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's nice to see that out of the people that were studied that they 100% of them felt like it, even though it was difficult, it was yeah. worth it. Yeah, that a long-term marriage was worth it. Mm -hmm. And it was worth it in terms of health. And several places in here, I don't know if I've captured any yeah. of them today, uh, people have done health studies to say that married people are literally physically healthier um, usually than single people. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. Um, and certainly financially it works. Yeah. I mean, you go through a divorce, you go through custody, all that kind of stuff. Child pay. It's a disaster for everybody and it costs a fortune. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me personally, I feel like marriages would be healthier if maybe somewhere in the vows it said, listen, I'm going to be here in thick and thin and with sickness yeah. and health, but I'm not going to stick around if you mistreat me. Yeah. Because I feel like that's where it goes awry. Well, it is where it goes awry. Um, and you'll hear people say it, literally. Mm -hmm. I can remember one woman I had in a group one time. Her husband would call her and list all of her obligations to him. I said, well, what are his to you? Mm -hmm. She said, oh, does he have any? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, once somebody starts mistreating you, they're not going to respect you and then love is going to be gone. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot I think people should work through and be there for each other and, you know, difficult times with jobs and careers or with kids. Or, but I don't think mistreating each other should be included in that clause. Of course, nobody's going to be perfect and they're going to have bad days or maybe some difficult right. times. But abuse is never no. to be tolerated. No, you got to get never, out never. when that's the case, right. I think. Yeah, gotta. and I think mistakes are made by very well-intended people on that count. Yeah. There was, abuse is never okay. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other things the overall um, views said was, believe it or not, the divorce rate is down among everybody except the people under 25. 
okay? There's that number again. Yeah. And it's up for the elderly. Mm. I was talking with a client the other day who was talking about her parents having had a quite unhappy marriage for decades and decades. And um, then she talked about her parents being separated, and I said, well, what happened? Well, my mother finally divorced him. Good for your mother. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And she had reason. He had been out being very friendly with the neighbors, um, you know, in a very disrespectful, open way. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I'm very glad now that people don't feel like they have to stay in a relationship just because it's been miserable for a long time. That's right. Doesn't mean you can't get out of it later. That's right. Okay? And yeah. people really used to think that. So... Everybody's into it, and just the fact that this magazine was written tells you how much everybody's into it. Yeah. Uh, great article. I hope that you guys found this one interesting and easy to see. A couple of the people that we've done uh, videos on before have come up. Yep. So, Our friends Dr. Gottman and Dr. Chapman. Yeah. So, of course, uh, if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Mm -hmm. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. Feel free to sign up. I can get you in fairly quickly at this point. That's right. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.